This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. morning after the Game Awards, I stood up until half past three in the morning keeping up with all this different stuff, so I sound horrible. But Wait, I'm did you actually? Okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what, am I not going to stay up till, what, am I not going to watch this stuff? It's you a, absolute mug. Just it's got to be morning. done. Just, I want to be a, there. Have a, have a little coffee and then just like sit there and just watch them all like I did. I was just like, no, show me the best bits. Go on, there we go. Because what if there's what if there's a Splinter Cell thing? Or what if there's a Breath of the Wild thing? What if I, what if there's a thing okay. that happens okay. and I want to be there? You are totally correct, but... Was there a new Breath of the Wild thing? No. no. Was there a new there Bioshock thing? No. no. Was there a new Splinter Cell thing? No, there wasn't. No, there, there was nothing at all. But I mean, well, there was, <laughs> there, was a, there was a few handfuls of things. And it was a lovely, lovely show. To be honest, I thought that um, that was one of the best game awards that I think Keely's put on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, there was occasional bits where it was just too many adverts in a row. And it was like, yeah. can you get back to the awards? And um, this is also why we're here. But uh, overall, um, you know, nice amount of stuff, nice amount of reveals. The actual awards themselves went to, I would say, the right sort of candidates. Um, mm-hmm. Massively chuffed for Joseph Farah's getting uh, Game of the Year for It Takes Two. That thing is yeah. a phenomenal piece of work. Um, and yeah, wasn't, we, we just... wasn't It Takes Two in the in stories recently because of the fact that uh, Take Two had tried mm. to like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, copyright their name against them. saying that, Oh, is like... that where that came from? I saw that there was yeah, like a yeah, legal yeah. thing against their name because it was like, yeah, someone, there was some like legal proceedings and the fact that it's called It Takes Two. So I don't know if he's going to have to change that. But um, well, yeah, that's like, that. I was saying, uh, uh, Josh, that reminds me of like when uh, Bethesda tried to trademark scrolls. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, because they Mo Yang made a game after Minecraft called Scrolls. Oh, and they were like, no, man. that's ours. Or the um, the Fine Brothers trying to uh, copyright yeah, the react. react. Or, oh, uh, or the Candy Crush uh, when King said that they owned the word Saga. And it was just oh, like, no, stop <laughs> trying to do this. But um, something else that came out um, during the Game Awards was The Matrix Awakens, um, which mm. is a weird little random um, Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, which is actually playable. It's really weird how robust it is. Um, and I kind of want to just open the... I should also say, haven't qualified at all, this is the Untitled Partner <laughs> Podcast. I'm Scott Tilford, your dual scale. Hello, every, everyone. Every week we get people's questions, talking points, whatever, which I've got plenty of stuff to talk about, but thought we'd open on the Game Awards because it's yeah, sure. a big old thing. But The Matrix thing... Um, is really interesting because it's almost like a PT style thing. 
something. It's like a play. It is like a playable teaser for something mm-hmm. if they, if they decide to go forward with it. Um, but it's incredibly impressive. Like very photorealistic. Um, opens on a sequence with um Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss re- reprising their younger versions of themselves. Um, and you just you just get to play this like highway sequence, which is really really well done. Like if you're a Matrix fan, like I am, um, it's very much Matrix Reloaded's uh, highway scene. And then you just get put in the open world, and you can just walk around. You can get yeah. in cars, and it just looks incredible. It's like photo real. And so I, I played a little bit of it this morning just to see what it was going on as a five ten minutes. And uh, that thing's like game of the year. I don't know, but might be might be one of the best things that you can do with your time in 2021. Just it's saying. so amazing because when I first saw it, I was there like, okay, looks good, but does it play good? <laughs> and then it was like, because obviously it was the chase sequence, it mm. was all like on the rails. So I was it's like, it's very actually, on rails. I was, we'll say I was, that, I was yeah. like, okay, that's actually quite easy to do in terms yeah. of the grand scale of things because you can tell people where to shoot and what to mm-hmm. like what you, what they are seeing. But when it got to the open world section bits, you're walking around. I know that, like you say, it still is very, very linear. Like it did, it felt very impressive. Like like the level, the level felt huge. Yes, but but it was like. I, I knew I, I was like constantly thinking like this can't be right. Surely they surely there's <laughs> gonna be some like massive graphical hiccup going on or they're running well, this on PCs that would power the NASA space shuttle like yeah, something. It does uh, it does tank if you get in a car. Like because uh, you can get in a car, <laughs> you can go for a drive and it's fine for a bit, but once you get to about I don't know, ninety or hundred mile an hour, it just starts to hitch a bit and then if you crash into stuff, the frame rate drops a lot. What I like about this is that potentially the developers could use this as part of selling the Matrix itself. It's like, mm. it's not actually a glitch in the game. It's actually just the Matrix <laughs> just having a bit of a wobble. Like. You're just overloading it a bit too much. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's like, it's an interesting point because um, obviously the Matrix, the new Resurrections is out really soon. And I kind of yeah. wonder how much it is just to tie into that. Because the whole, it opens on this whole thing with Keanu talking about what's real and what's not. And the digital yeah. version of him and the real him sort of talking to each other. And like they recreate some scenes from the movie, but it's in the Unreal Engine. Really, really cool thing. Um, but I, that, that might be it. It might just be something for the movie. But I hope they do a Matrix game that's this big or they do something cool with the Matrix yeah, in a game space. 100% agree. There's not been a Matrix game since, like Matrix Online, and that died in 2011. And then Path and Neo uh, enter the Matrix. Yeah. What a beautiful time. I, I love that stuff. I was I was all on board for the multimedia Matrix on yeah. across the 2000s. Um, but yeah, so anything else stand out to you for the game? Awards? But we'll get to some questions and stuff. But what did you think? War. Hammer, Space <laughs> Marine. I couldn't believe that was a thing again. Like I was watching, it was like the chainsaw guns. And then 10 uh, years, oh. 10 years I've been waiting, Scott Telford, for this <laughs> moment when I saw Titus take off his helmet and saw all the little bolts that he'd had in his head put in there, which shows that he's been improving in rank. And I was uh. like, oh my God, he lives. He <laughs> lives to fight another day. And we're fighting Tyranids. Yeah. When they cut back to the guy, because uh, they've got like some actor, some, I mean, he's a big deal. I don't know who the dude was, but they cut back and they were like, and such and such is yeah, playing yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tyrannus or the Titus or the yeah. guy from Final Fantasy X, whatever he's called. And they got him in. <laughs> and, uh, and But he was standing there with a massive gun, like a massive chainsaw rifle thing. And I was like, yeah. this dude is loving the fact that he's getting yeah. to play this guy, um, which is really, really cool. But um, yeah, I mean, they had like, obviously Bioshock was, well, I'll carry on. Well, the thing is, is that I loved about the uh, announced trailer was that it wasn't just uh, CGI footage because I was mm. like, oh, no, like I am hyped. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, please show me something concrete to actually make sure that my fears aren't like I was getting very worried that it was going right. to be all just talk, no trousers. But then when I saw the gameplay and saw you like <laughs> absolutely fighting against those like the swarm of like little gene stealers that were there, I was like, oh, my God, gene this stealers? is great. 
Well, the Tyranids are like this big bio-spore-loving oh. uh, alien race. They only Heat have Stealers like... is like a name for a certain level of person around Gateshead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's that they've got like tons of different like bio-weapons and they've got uh-huh. different forms and like uh, groups within them. And the big warrior one was the one with the four arms that he just took down oh, absolutely cool. easily. The chainsaw just straight through him. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> to I be love fair, there's, like, there's a gap in the market with Gears of War, you know, in between Gears of War yeah. installments. We hardly get any cover shooters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Seems like this one's a bit more full on anyway, but like still like that over shoulder third person action yeah. thing. Like, yeah, why not? Well, it um it's been made by a uh, focus who mm. did the Necromunda hired gun game as well. And oh, while that cool. did have a few issues here and there, overall it was a really great representation of what Necromunda is. So mm. I'm hopeful that this will do the same for 40k and give people, to be honest, a game that we've been clamoring for for ages, which is yeah. literally just Gears of War again, like just give us this game again, but smashing size. as many people as possible. Yeah, the sheer size of the armor as well, like massive shoulder pads, so huge it? guns. <laughs> I think it'd be so good over the top. It looks really solid. Uh, for me, the reveal of the of the whole thing was Alan Wake 2. I know that we knew it was yeah, coming anyway. Great. Lots of rumors for it, but I just love the way that tra- little teaser was edited. Um, yeah. And like, I feel what you call the dude that plays Alan Wake, but like cutting, I'm sure it was him. I'm sure it's not. Some people say it's CG. I'm pretty sure it's him as no, Alan. I th- no, I think it is CG. Oh, ah, okay. But they've Maybe done a really, really really good job with it to be yeah, fair yeah my bleary eyes at half two in the morning just couldn't tell but like i was oh. watching that and it was just like it's their first survival horror yeah. i was just like that is like the perfect fit like just yeah, they take alan it. wake horror it up a bit uh make it more resource intensive make it more jump scary like yeah there's a bit in the teaser where it cuts to his face all gnarled up and bloody well, like if, if we're to go off of obviously the original Alan Wake where like his own creations are like made manifest as his own fears and mm. like darkest uh, desires and stuff. If this is the case and we're seeing a fractured, more like broken Alan, mm-hmm. then that means that potentially at uh, certain points we might get the kind of, um, uh, what's it called? Eternal darkness thing with like oh, yeah. messing with the game. I'm hoping oh, like we get that, uh, ret- or Yeah, I hope that we get a return of that again where like you need to like, I don't know, cover the light, stay out of mm. the darkness, otherwise you'll be consumed by your own mm-hmm. fears and stuff. That would be amazing. Oh man, I mean, if people haven't played the original Alan Wake, like the remaster came out. I have, yeah, it's, it's outstanding. It's I waited, like, really, I waited really until solid. the remaster because mm. I was like, I had just basically put it off for so long. And when I finally played oh, it, I was like, wow, I see what everyone was talking about. This is so well scripted. I oh man, like, it. yeah, it's it's so well written. Like this whole like size section of the author and like owning yeah. your own work and putting it's, yourself it, into it. It's great. It's a bit ropey in the gameplay departments yeah. in some places, but <laughs> the overall, like narrative just pulled me right along. I was like, yes, please. Sometimes, like, I mean, I got back in 2010, I got a bit sick of the whole like, oh, like, uh, weaken them with, with light and then finish yeah, and off then with finish the gun. Off, yeah. But like, when you get like a hold of like, you know, like meteor weapons, like some of the the hits, like we just nail a headshot, like it yeah. powers like crazy. Crunchy. It's <laughs> it's so good. Um, I did note down just a couple other things. Um, Elden Ring got like a CG expansion yep. trailer. It looked solid enough. I'm mm-hmm. weirdly meh on Elden Ring. Just I'm super in the minority. That got me that. more hyped to be honest. Okay, when okay. I saw that because I was like watching the giant um battle between the the silent sword blade wielding uh, mm. woman and the giant like demon uh, general mm-hmm. i was like cool this is uh it feels like dark souls but it does feel abjectly different i feel like yeah, i was waiting like for the art style to like mm. take over and show me why i should be like really invested so now i am on board february 22nd i am there for it i think the thing that's going to differentiate for me is like i want to i want to get into that game's like gameplay loop like i want to see what the feel yeah. is once you start darting between different points of an open world and then see how it feels when that clicks because that'll be the thing that differentiates it yeah um you know like uh, more so from Dark Souls. Um, there's also the uh, the Silent Hill creator came back, like with the yeah, new thing was Slitterhead, mad. and I was like, that's a great name. Even though it was quite cartoony, I thought. Like yeah. in the, I, I, the I thought that it was. It reminded me more of when um, Resident Evil uh, took its sort of more. It took its turn towards more action orientated mm. uh, gore rather mm. than the straight up survival horror aspects. Because mm-hmm. this seemed to be. Have you seen the film? 
Oh man, it's going to really annoy me. Um, I, I want to call it. It's it's the one with the spiral. Uh, Junji Ito. Uh, the the. the oh, I know who man. Junji Ito is, but I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not that familiar with his work. It I've just reminded me. Rock spiral, though. Well, let's just say that that is it. <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's basically um uh that sort of horror, but almost an element of weird grotesque comedy to it. Okay. Like it's it's the it's the morphing of bodies to the extent where the grotesque becomes that that fine line between horror mm. and comedy. And I felt like I was watching that on the screen because of the angular motions and the almost comical uh, woman's face coming back together with all that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm intrigued, but because we didn't see any gameplay of it, and we just saw like over the top stuff in a very very like, it was quite um, rock soundtrack. I was uh, like, is this going to be Platinum Games does horror style thing? Yeah. Like, Do you see that thing that was called, uh, oh, it's called like Metal Hellsinger as well, where they've got, um, it was like um, dude from Lama God, uh, Randy Blythe, and I'm sure oh, yeah. Mahifi, Mahifi announced it, but it's like, it looks like BPM, except that it's like, it's metal music and it's like really thumping Get thrash it stuff. in my veins. <laughs> I also saw uh, there was the Wonder Woman game, uh, first thing from Monoliths yeah, and nice, Shadow nice of teaser. War. Yep. Um, very, very short teaser, but they do mention that are you going to be leading people so I, that has to have the nemesis system in it i was about to say because it's warner brothers because it's montreal yes. uh, it's, it's and they own got, that thing it's got to have something in it because they have mm -hmm. done nothing with it since so no. it's like it would be such a shame and they patented it as well so it's uh -huh. like no one else can use it so why not well, there do was it was the um like talk of the amount of stuff that got cancelled with them like i forget the the specifics but like there was like a different uh, whatever there was like a while ago they were gonna do a batman game it was looking to be yeah. uh using like this joker toxin to take over different groups of people and put and like lead an army that way and that sounds cool Batman and then that sort of went out the window and never got talked about and then we got Shadow of Mordor and then Shadow mm -hmm. of War and mm -hmm. then there's just not been anything else so I kind of like if they do a Wonder Woman I was never would have expected that but I think that's quite a cool fit yeah. um, like she can she very much would look awesome leading an army of people um, yeah, against different great. people and stuff so um, I'd be psyched for that. We also got a look at the Quantic Dream Star Wars game, which that looks, I uh, eclipse. Yes, which yeah. I did. I did a thing where I was like, the CG trailer was playing out. I was like, oh, oh okay. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I don't care about Star Wars anymore. Like I mean, I do, and I don't. Like whatever. I've got a whole love hate thing with it. This looks really cool though. And I went, oh, and then they showed that guy come out the ooze, and I was like, oh, maybe yeah, that's like a weird yeah. Sith guy. And I was like, that looks really cool. And then it cut to the Quantic Dream logo, and I went, oh, oh, okay then. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> It's David Cage. I have zero faith. I hated Detroit Become Human. I, I, it, I, I don't know. If it's going to be just a story-driven game where it's just make your choice and live it out, sort of mm -hmm. like... Uh, Which it is. There's, there's more details about it now. Like, it's a whole... Like, branching thing it's got a million playable characters like like you know. I'm, I'm i'm kind of here for it because i do like the lore of star wars a lot mm. more than some of the actions presented because mm -hmm. no offense guys there's only so many flips and backflips that i can see in a lightsaber fight before it starts to become a bit numbing you know oh, like, like i'm just words. saying i prefer i prefer the um the power that comes from their words and dialogue which okay, was okay. so ham-fisted in the movies but i prefer the meaning behind it rather than right the, uh, right if this could be like a bridge between uh, Star Wars and Game of Thrones in terms, in terms of the political like choice system that they mm. did in the Telltale games, bring it on. Well, I'm they did show, it. yeah, they showed a lot of um, like a lot of different factions, like a lot of different mm. armies marching and a lot of different groups and stuff. They show Yoda at one point looking out, so maybe you get to yeah, do part of it as the Jedi Council or something. Mm. Um, I'm sure David Cage will throw his accusatory backside into everything, and we'll see how it goes. But the um, only problem is, is that we know that it's, that going, it's going to be the most heavy-handed message ever. Like yes. it's going to because yeah. obviously, like uh, become human was all 
all about like racism and class warfare. This mm-hmm. one is probably going to be the same because I feel like those are the two notes that he strings out again and again. And don't get me wrong, in this current climate, there mm-hmm. are no greater causes to talk about than those two things. Yeah, but it's just course. being bludgeoned in over the face with, do you get it yet? It's like, yeah, yeah we actually <laughs> do get it. We're living through it. Yes. And we get it in the first five minutes because you've laid it out in big yeah. flashing neon letters. Like, yeah, I, I hope for the best. They have an insane budget behind them um, and maybe they can turn it around. Did you see the Halo uh, teaser as well? Well, for the again, TV show, the TV show, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm hyped. I, I mean, I've just I'm, got off the back I'm... of playing a lot of the Halo Infinite campaign, and mm-hmm. like, we'll talk about this at another point because I feel yeah. like the audience are not getting any of their <laughs> questions answered. But like, the campaign at the moment, you were totally right. It's sci-fi, Far Cry, and it's I, Ubisoft um, made a Halo game. But I'm, but I'm completely fine with that because right. the gameplay is so good that I and I haven't played Far Cry Five. I haven't played a Far Cry game since Far Cry Five, really, okay. and so I am. I, that experience, that gameplay loop, I've been out of it for so long. So mm. now that I'm diving back in, I'm like, oh, this is just the best version of this gameplay cycle. True, Fine. true. So I'm fully hyped up for uh, Master Chief at the moment. So when I saw this Halo uh, teaser trailer for the uh, TV show, I was mm. like, sign me up, sign me the up. The Master man. Chief um, suit that they've got, the costume is bang mm. on as well. I mm-hmm. think there's a there's a thing that I have with a lot of modern sci-fi shows where it just looks like people in costumes. It does yeah. like, there's a, a bit too sheeny, a bit too clean, not enough sort of um, like grit or whatever. But um, I'm curious, that's, like, that's- Right, what, about it. That's exactly what I felt about the uh, Book of Boba Fett that they just um, announced right, on right. the thing. Because when he comes down uh, the ship and he's wearing like his like uh, his full garb, mm-hmm. I was like, I know that he's been away for so long, and I know that we're saying that he's reborn, but mm. I don't like he's the fact that clean. all the armor is like brand new. Like, like yeah. I just have a few paint scratches, make it feel like it's been worn a few times because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I don't want to get my daps dirty, sort of thing. <laughs> like, vibe to all. Well, my thing with like uh, Wheel of Time and The Witcher is that it just fe- it looks like cosplayers in a field. It doesn't look yeah. believable. It doesn't look yeah. like you're actually there. Um, and Amazon have done it. I mean, it's not like uh, Halo is an Amazon show, but the uh, the Expanse does it really well, where they actually build the sets. Yeah, that's and they true. Have to be in that space, and I kind of hope that Halo gets that. We didn't see that much of it, but we got to have a look at Master Chief and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So hopefully, it's cool. Last thing I think worth mentioning is the uh, Sonic Two trailer. Do you see the movie oh, trailer? See, I thought you were going to go a completely different way because my last mm-hmm. uh, point to mention would be the Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, one. Oh, I was like, going to mention well, you mentioned something big before, and I was going to mention the Hellblade Two. Yeah, we got to see we'll, the boss. We'll do the Sonic one. We'll do the yes. Sonic one first because oh, didn't look gorgeous, though. oh my god sonic of the colossus is real <laughs> oh i meant this well there's the sonic movie trailer but there's also sonic um F- frontiers F- frontiers yeah, yeah. Uh, which i mean whatever <laughs> I'm, at this point i'm not i'm not gonna lie like, i might get a bit of hate for this but i, I thought that looked bollocks i was I think, just like, oh, dude, I, was it's like, like <laughs> I was like i've seen every little biome here this, yes. you could have told me that this was like biomutant you could have told me that this was like any sort of third person action or game Infinite, just by yeah just by showing me those biomes and i'd be like yeah fine you know <laughs> <laughs> anything new here and then it's like sonic looks shocked as a giant stands near him it's like Ugh. oh no well the thing is all they do now is just take whatever trend is in at the moment like sonic unleashed was their approach ever attempted to do like a god of war type thing it's i mean this is very much them doing a breath of the wild like i mean like yeah. the, the way that it shot the press release that came out it's the same stuff and so maybe like a fully open world sonic yeah. could be cool i guess but Blech. Do not get me wrong. There is going to be if they can nail one thing, this mm. game will be pretty decent, and that is the traversal. Because you are, say, yeah, you are you are given a character that has these like the speed of Sonic. Mm. Imagine being able to just literally jet over miles of landscape in mere seconds. Now that 
would actually be amazing. Then it's like they have to then do enough content that's worth zipping around to. Or it's, it's stopping. Like fast... to... Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like going. fast travel the game. But like, yeah, I mean, maybe. But then there's the Sonic movie, which looks kind of cool. We got to hear Idris Elba yeah, his knuckles. Uh, I really um, enjoyed that. I do like fair. that. I love how he yeah. just smashes him into the floor. Yeah. And that stuff looks cool. And then the final thing uh, worth pointing out is, uh, yeah, Hellblade 2, which was quite a scripted sequence, but it was like a big old boss battle um, yeah. up against this sort of weird half-dead giant human thing. Mm. And uh, Senua was leading like an army against them. Um, the thing is, like, if you played Hellblade 1, then I don't know where we are in the timeline. I'm guessing this is before everything. Well, because, you, you, yeah. I, I guess you either look at it like that or you do it as, like, you know, the classic uh, Dark Souls thing of uh, suffering reborn, the, yeah, the constant yeah, battle yeah. between, like, like it, it exists outside of time and space as well. Mm-hmm. And this is just a moment, a, fra- a fraction of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy the fact that, uh, when the the giant is like climbing out, he's almost like crying and struggling, yeah. and you, and because all the way through that cave, you're listening to whispers and fears and mm. doubt, and it's like your fears made manifest, growing and growing and growing to this horrible creature that you can't control. And then whenever mm. it comes back to face you, you are unprepared if you haven't tried to take it well, down. Well, they do. They do such a great job. I think it's called binaural audio, where it's recorded mm. in three D. If you play yeah. the, if you haven't played the first Hellblade, do that and play it with headphones because like the voices are all around you at all times. Yeah, um, and they um, shout. Oh, you know where you're about to get attacked from you can deflect yeah. that way it's so cool my uh, friend uh, gareth who i lived with uh, back yes. in the day he did his um uh, phd uh, on uh, binaural audio and it yeah. was just mad some of the experiments that he was coming up with like yeah, yeah. recording uh, stuff in anechoic chambers which means there's no echo so it's like okay. you get like a mono voice and then he was like using it to position it around the earphones yeah. different things like oh it's very mad some of yeah the stuff like you're building on. a whole game around that and obviously using it to represent psychosis and, and like being mm-hmm. unsure of yourself and stuff it is really really cool um but yeah hellblade it's been a while since we first saw it i think it was when the series x was first announced but it seems mm-hmm. like it's coming together really really well um we should transition into the usual untitled battle podcast because we got a whole bunch of questions last week um loads of different things that are going to carry over so we've got plenty of questions to get to. Before we do, Go I have on. two pieces of news that I need to say. <laughs> the first is, do we have a sponsor? Do we have to do these things? Uh, no, we are all out of sponsors. I hope Excellent. you do have cool. a we'll get that then. skin still. Forget that. And number, <laughs> no, in that case, then revise this. I mean, we do have, have pl- one... plenty of sponsors, but I don't need to talk about them on the show. They'll take I care have of themselves. One piece of news yes. in that case, and that is, my friends, that the UBP mug is definitely <laughs> happening. Get I in. got in touch with Rich. Uh, he's going to send over the art assets. Uh, the bosses have approved it. So, and a load of people online, thank you very much for writing to us, by the way, have said yes. that they would like to drink hot liquids out of a mug with our <laughs> two faces on it. So, look forward to that in the new year when we get that uh, all printed That's up. That's incredible. And ready Merry to go. Christmas everyone and thank you for Indeed. that Jules. Indeed. I think uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be drinking to them we'll put a picture up on Twitter or something when we finally get the first uh, yeah. pressing yeah. screw because the artwork <laughs> will look great um, but yes usually the entitled battle podcast is we take as many questions and talking points from you as possible and then get through as many as we can we got a huge response last week so I rolled some over uh, to this week so we still will get through as many as we can a question from William Start of the third who says if you could only listen to three albums for the rest of your life which would they be oh why do Gut this that's feeling so Jules Gill. that's so harsh <laughs> <laughs> um, you need to make sure that they were very different genres because you would get so tired of the same mm. one over and over again. With- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Maybe um, I think I, I would. My initial one would be it's always going to be Alter Bridge's Blackbird. I just adore okay. that album. I have a whole thing where I, I love Alter Bridge so much that I listen to them too much. So I have to mm-hmm. I have to take a break. I have to wean myself off so I can revisit them again. But um, their second album, Alter Bridge's Blackbird, would be one of mine. And then I think some sort of synthy thing, like some, yeah. something that's more chill. Um, yeah. I can't think what you call the artist that I've been listening to, um, but I've been listening to this like synth album, which is really, really slow. It's very much like the Blade Runner soundtrack. Um, and as I say that, I now can't think of it. But if you talk uh, about what you would do, I'll look I mean, it up. It's so hard to pick your like favorite albums ever. Mm. Um, but I think that I would probably go for, one of them would be Vizu by Thrice, mm-hmm, uh, because mm-hmm. I feel like that was my first foray into sort of more alternative takes on rock and things like that. And I really truly adore that album i don't mm-hmm. think there's a bad track on it because it completely fits whatever emotion you're going for you've got some slow songs you've got some heavy songs you've got some thinky songs like it's a good album through and through mm-hmm. um in terms of what i do to change that into a different genre maybe i'd go for something more chilled out and pick something from Submotion orchestra's back catalog Ooh. maybe you're getting, you're getting way more um more I colors. Think you're trying to think of stuff to like live with for yeah i'm trying that's time, what i'm yeah. trying to do i'm trying to think like what wouldn't drive me mad if i had to listen <laughs> to over and over and i know that these two bands at least would give me enough variance to keep things fresh mm-hmm. um so maybe that would be a good one but that's the third one maybe i would just go for some stonkingly big tunes and pick uh what's the what's the ramstein album with uh Duha, not Duha with mutter oh. yeah mutter mutter is the album yeah i go, yeah, yeah. go for mutter because there are at, every single song in that is big <laughs> chanting foot stomping fun from start to finish I would, yeah i'd have to have something that's big and bombastic like i said i'd have my older bridge for me because older bridge for me is like it's like soul stirring it's soul uplifting like i feel like i can get through life better and um, with the help of miles kennedy's lyrics and mark Tremonti's playing i also saw miles the other night and he was stellar so nice. be something like that um, I found the thing that I was looking for. Um, it's called Dawn, Dawn Over the Metropolis. Um, okay. And it's by Corp Telepath, um, which are a, um, I don't know what they're full. Actually, that's, that's two different artists together. It's Corp and Telepath. 
Um, but yeah, that's just like a really slow thing. It's very much just atmospheric, like cyberpunky, mm-hmm. um, lots of synths, almost Blade Runner style, but with like lots of like rain noise and street noise and stuff like Ooh, that. Nice, it's very so chill, bit, bit calming. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're into your uh, cyberpunk stuff like me, it's a, it's a lush background thing to just kind of have on. Um, so I've been having playing quite a lot of that, and I think at the minute I would have something like that. It'd be that or a chill hop album or something. Yeah, but what would be your maybe... third album? My third one, I think, would just have to be some sort of old school thing, like maybe just Nirvana's Nevermind or something that reminds me of really? good times. Linkin Park's okay. Hybrid Theory, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, actually, you know, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory goes, is a great shout. Yeah, because it'd be like remember when you did, when you had music back in the day. Yeah. If I'm thinking 50 years in the future, I'm still yeah. like ah, I remember these with my memories tied to it. The next question from Kyle Gubert: How do you guys prepare for an unexpected promotion to a new job role? I've never prepared for a new, a new uh, position. Yeah, I've, you know what? <laughs> I've had to argue for it in person and then managed to get it and go, thanks very much. You do recognize me. But other than that, it's never been, I've never been able to prepare for a promotion. You know what? I've never prepared. I mean, I was telling the story where I had the um, the shortest period of unemployment I ever had was I got let go from one job uh, in Bristol when I was working at a production house mm. and then in the same afternoon got hired by What Culture. So I was, <laughs> had, had an afternoon of unemployment um, and I didn't really prepare because those are two very different jobs in terms mm. of what they were asking me to do. But when I arrived there, I just... I didn't do any preparation apart from watching our own videos. That's mm. all I did. Um, so Actually, I will I will say that um, if the, if the general sort of question is, you know, maybe you're aware that you have like some sort of end of year meetings uh, mm-hmm. review thing coming up, um, and you're you know maybe you want to angle for a promotion, maybe you want to angle for more money or something like that. And um, for me, that would come down to looking at the statistics, looking at just how much you're literally yeah. worth, how much you're bringing to a company, um, and be prepared to to be confident about yourself. Like, don't doubt yourself. Be like, I am literally worth this much. Um, I think I'm worth this much. I can prove it um, and and show that to your bosses like that. That's very much what I've done in the past. And uh, it's undeniable at that point. A pro tip for you, my friend, uh, if you are in an, an, an interview section and uh, you are wrapping up the interview and you're not entirely sure if you've cinched it yet, a good question to ask as you're before things wrap up is to say, uh, are you looking for anything? Because, you know, they say, like, uh, do you have any questions for us? Mm. Just say, are you looking for any skills that you don't feel like I've uh, demonstrated? Just so you open that conversation again. Mm. Because if they go and go, oh, we don't think that you showed any team skill stuff or you didn't do like you, uh, what sales stuff thing, you then have an opportunity to talk about that yeah. again rather yeah, yeah. than closing the interview down before that. And mm-hmm. if they say no, then you know you've given it your all. Like, no yeah, matter course, what it is, yeah. like, you've given it your all. Because there's nothing worse than getting the feedback way after the, like, obviously, that's more for like a, a job interview thing or something else where they go, actually, well, we turned you down because because of this and it's like well mm-hmm. if you'd said that i actually yeah. have 10 years of experience yeah, in yeah, that yeah. field and um, it's just because of the certain context that maybe it was overlooked in the moment um next question down from nate who says good afternoon do you guys think there'll be a new face of the generation with playstation 5 or do you think a previous character like kratos nathan drake or aloy will continue to be the face of playstation generations for years to come i guess we can extend this across the industry yeah. who do you think of when you think of mascots because i feel like that whole feel kind of has kind of gone away like in the 2000s it was you know the crash and spiros and eventually yeah. drake and we actually yeah. um we actually had a question that was similar to this a couple of weeks ago about who do we think the mascots are for each mm. of the different uh brands mm-hmm. and i think that the uh the feeling maintains the same just there isn't so much of a singular face as it were because i feel like 
that's kind of eggs in one basket apart from yeah. nintendo maybe with mario but even then they've got other like high profile hitters <coughs> like link and kirby and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's better to have multitudes of mascots rather than just having one because if it crashes and burns like sega you always associate <laughs> sega with sonic and sonic's games ain't great at the moment I tell you what, so... though, like realizing and um, the way halo infinite got rolled out the uh, how pristine master chief's armor is and how much they've doubled down on the original halo's look like uh, halo yeah. infinite is very much the silent cartographer level made into a full game yep and halo um, Halo himself, Mr. Halo, Mr. Chief, <laughs> Chief Leaf is um, he's very pristine. He's very like this is the iconic version of Chief that you remember. He looks yeah. like an action figure. He looks like it's very easy to uh, remember him and, and associate a certain shade of green with him. And I feel like that was Microsoft going like, well, we need to double down on this. We can't keep changing his armor around and making him different shades of yeah. green and everything. And we need, he's, he feels a bit more like a Nintendo character or like what he would look like if he appeared in Smash Brothers. He almost looks like his Fortnite self. Um, yeah. He's very like, you know, bright and pristine. So I am, um, I think that that was uh, Xbox just saying that we need to have master chief be as identifiable as possible mm-hmm. um, and i think it works in their regard but they don't have that many others they have old marcus phoenix and yeah occasionally they have mr fable they'll put an rpg guy out there sometimes it's always quite funny when they age a character dramatically because then they're like, oh, please like the next generation of stars. Please don't yeah. like, like like his son or daughter as much as the original one because if well, not, everyone hated we're screwed. Phoenix in Gears, then, yeah, that's, so. that's the thing. So now they've got to keep old man Phoenix around for mm-hmm. as long as possible. I'm it's just hoping that when they eventually do come back for a Gears of War game that they just do a, a, their version of Logan, you know, like mm. a really well, they, gritty, really hard-hitting thing. I would totally, I mean, I like playing as Kate in uh, Gears 5, but I, I would totally take like the old crew, like one mm. more mission kind of thing back guess it has been kind of done but some of the best parts of those newer gears games are when you get to play as the old yeah. crew uh, or get out hang around with the old crew um but yeah i, I have like a, a i've thought of this, about this before i have like a feeling that um most companies associate the idea of mascots with uh youth and immaturity and yeah uh, ch- a childlike feeling to gaming like like the originals like we said were either it's nintendo's mascots which are you know all ages friendly or it's crash at spyro and then what, as soon as nathan drake came along all of it went away because it was like well we have this like mature person this like adult who's now the face of playstation there's not that many others you got to look at it as well as uh, terms of uh, representation because there is Mm. such a focus now on uh player customization for their characters that's the thing that companies want to sell with their games Mm. they don't want to sell a prescribed mascot they want to sell you you are the mascot you are getting to create your own story and things like that that's Mm. that's one of the biggest selling points for most games which i that's the whole other thing as well because i like i i'm fine with that character customization Mm -hmm. it's fun i always mostly associate with rpgs but i don't want to create a custom character all the time i want you to you know you guys are the artists you guys are the creatives who should i play as what story should i be investing in like i i want more defined characters i don't want everything to be uh choices i would rather i would rather you came to me with a level of confidence that said like we've written this character and maybe you'll agree with some parts of it and maybe you won't but that's yeah. what a creative like outlet is to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to some degree but uh, i guess it depends what story they're telling next question is nathan r246 who says what game have you put off for so long that you thought you wouldn't enjoy it but turned out to be one of the best games you've ever played mine was the darksiders series which i love <sighs> Massive shout out to Joe Madureira and the Darksiders franchise. I adore that. You know what? It's really, really tough for me to get motivated to play a game if I have heard like mixed reviews or like Mm -hmm. I just didn't get enthused by it the first time around. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I am playing at at this very moment. I'm playing through Mortal Shell because of the fact that it was added to Game Pass. Uh And the reason that I uh, didn't take it up previously was because I was going through my like 
what, like seventh or eighth run of Dark Souls 3 at the time. <laughs> I just finished it. It had come out and I was like, you know what? I'm a bit burned out on the series there. And I didn't think that I'd enjoy it because everyone who was talking about it was like, it's like Dark Souls, but it's with less budget and there's uh, the blocking mechanic could be a bit funky sometimes. Mm. And there was a lot of uh, like glitches or pro- yeah. problems with it because it was a smaller studio. So I was just kind of like, yeah, that looks great, great but I'm going to give it a go. It is very Souls, yeah. But when I played it, I was like, you know what? Again, it's been just long enough for it to be outside of my memory. Mm. I went back into it and I was like, hello, this is going to be fun. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just getting used to all of the way that it feels different, the way you have to mm-hmm. play it different, more aggressively, and then do like the, the hardening whole... at the time when you're being attacked and stuff yes. like that. It's like, that it's very fun. breaks my head because you've got to, you've got to tank hits. You need to absorb them. So it's like, yeah, it goes into everything. You know what it's, what it's about. Because I'm just constantly like backing away and dodging. And it's yeah. like, actually, I'm getting at, ruined because yeah. the fact that I'm running out of stamina and I'm not staying in the fight to do just that one more hit because you need to, to like, do to do the killing blow yeah it's like you need to like take and take a hit to free up that window of attack in between their yeah. swing so you're ready to hit back i just i had to recalibrate my the consciousness to get through that thing but one of the um one. very first enemies that you come across are just like big hulking guys with halberds and they do like mm. big long poking attacks or sweeping strikes and you go up to them and you just hammer all your attack buttons and they tank a few hits themselves mm. before like doing some hits on you and it takes i think it's one or two hits more than your starting stamina right. bar can dish out mm-hmm. but obviously if you harden when they're attacking you you get enough stamina to get yes. those through so by the end of it i was like oh i'm just gonna tank this it go bah, 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 and just take him down <laughs> i was having a great time once i figured it reminds out. You of like every uh souls boss <clears throat> or from soft boss that just does tank your hit and then hit you yeah. back and say, no i can do this now this is the yeah, yeah how do you thing. like it um for me it'll be the forgotten city i just i have a whole thing with uh time loop games where obviously there's oh, been yeah. a lot this year um, and I put off the Forgotten City for the vast majority of this year. But um, I just my whole thing with time loop games is that it's just I hate bad checkpointing in games. I hate feeling that yeah. I've lost time yeah. in a thing. And obviously the time loop genre is that incarnate. So I always just, <laughs> it is just I'm just that. like, oh my god, I'm replaying this. I don't want to. Ugh, I hate it. And um, that's why I hate it. Twelve minutes. Um, but Forgotten City is a phenomenally well done one of these, and, it, and they uh, they expedite a lot of the gameplay loop side of it, so you're not replaying stuff over and over again. And mm-hmm. um, you can always just have a conversation with the character and speed things along. Um, but it is a mystery game. You're trying to figure out uh, what happened to this underground city, why everybody dies if one of them commits a sin. It's really really cool. And mm-hmm. um, there's four different endings. The fourth ending is the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. Um, staying away from spoilers. In a good but- way. No, yes and no. Like <laughs> I, I was sending because Josh has finished it as well. I was sending him screen grabs, going, "Is this li- is this actually happening? Am I actually seeing this? This is, I can't. I obviously I'm dancing around it because at some point you should probably play it yourself. Okay, but that thing is, I mean, it's insane. But the Forgotten City is a phenomenal game overall. The first three endings are way more. Uh, solid and way more recommendable. The fourth one is banana sandwich, ridiculous. What the hell are we even doing? Um, yeah. But also, you should see it at some point in your life. Last couple of questions. Now, I did bring um, some even older questions in because I feel sorry for people who send stuff in and we don't get around to everything. So I, I went yeah. back even weeks weeks prior and brought some <laughs> other stuff in. So the final couple of questions. Uh, one from Matthias Grimm who says, "What game has the best character creator?" We're talking swathes of options and graphical quality. Love you all. Stay safe. It's a tough one because half the time you end up spending so many hours in the character customization uh, yes. suite and then you just go out there and pop a helmet on straight away or completely change so you never see him. Um, I do I, enjoy I, Saints I Row. Saints Row had a great one. Yeah, like because um, of all of the like uh, the craziness you do, like like making your dong huge and stuff like that. It was just like it was just like pointless <laughs> features that you don't really need, but it was just it was fun just to mess around with. It no, dude, I combinations like, Saints three and four because you can go back to those uh, the surgery places and just keep switching yeah. yourself around. I would change gender and everything in between every single mission, like just completely remix myself. 
you know what one I actually love is it's a character. I'm not entirely sure which of the SmackDown games that it was introduced mm-hmm. in because they all have pretty decent uh, character Wrestling creation. Wrestling games is a shout, actually. Like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they did kind of get less options for a while because mm. of 2K just having their weird way with it. And then they suddenly had loads back in again. Right. One of the games, and I can't remember which one, introduced a feature where you could take existing uh, superstars and edit their appearances and entrances. That was so, in the Raw game on Xbox. Oh, that was it, Raw. Yeah, WWE day, yeah. Raw on the Xbox. Yeah, that yeah. was it. That was the one I remember <laughs> playing because I remember making... Um, uh, taking Bull Buchanan, who was my boy of boys, <laughs> and uh, basically... Why took- him? Because he was so rubbish. I just loved okay. him because he was so, he was so bad. Because it was, he was part of the right to censor. Right so it, yeah. it had that horrible. <laughs> like that. Like, yeah. um, so I took that and gave him uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, entrance. We came down <laughs> doing the old like hand waving, the the hot dogging and the posing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh mate. I mean, my, I definitely would back. Yeah, Saints Row massively. Cyberpunk's I was quite impressed by. You can yep. get, you can do some. I wish there was more too, which you could replace parts of your head with more Cyberpunk stuff. That would be amazing. Um, but I still thought it was really really cool. Um, last question: Another old one from. Aaron Scheller, who says, "What's an enemy from a what's an enemy from a non-horror game that still scares you?" Hard mode challenge is no spiders allowed. So it depends um, what comes to mind. The answer is, uh, I could sum it up just. I, I'm just thinking about the flapping of their wings, is sending me into a kind of like <laughs> like war flashback as I shudder. It's mm-hmm. the Casadors from uh, from uh, Fallout New Vegas. Oh, okay, they okay. are technically Fallout is not a horror series, but mm. those are absolute nightmares when you spot one like the first time that you come across them uh-huh. you will you're so used to like bloat flies and whatever you think oh it's just like this thing from a distance uh-huh. i'll just pop a few of it with my little trusty magnum or a little revolver or whatever i've got uh-huh. and then you just see like, like oh it's done no damage oh it's coming right towards me oh it's poisoned <laughs> me and now i'm dead like i hate now the creakiness of their wings as well it's like, yeah. I was like oh, stop it, stop i've it, got a whole like, thing like, about like wings this is the weirdest thing yeah. not not the band but like whenever something gets like like when it's flapping at you, it like Get freaks me, me out. Get yeah, me where I'm just—it's like it's the fact that it doesn't—it doesn't fully touch you, it doesn't fully not touch you. It's yeah. just intermittent. That that can freak me out. Um, I think for me, he said uh, hard mode, uh, no spiders. I'm going to kind of walk that line because I don't know what you call them, but there's like these um, creatures in Dark Souls 3 that are, they live in water and they're, they are, they're lying face oh, down in the water. Oh, I know the ones, they're the drowned women ones. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. They, oh. they look like just drowned bodies no. and, they, and they hang amongst no. other bodies. So yeah. like the first time I was walking towards one of them and it, it sort of jumps up and I don't know what you call it, but it, it is kind of a spider. It becomes like a giant thing with like awful, arms. absolutely disgusting. I've never is. been, so genuinely terrified and I rarely get genuinely scared in a game but I was playing with my wife at the time we both screamed um, which like I mean like for me screaming is just like oh and then like running the other way um, and I had to run I had to run away like sprint as fast as I could and go around the corner and like watch it for a bit to be like what even is that creature and then stimmy like build up the uh, the confidence to actually go and fight it again um, meanwhile uh, my wife was just going no no yeah, no not just the whole time um, so I would go with that thing, uh, Dark Souls 3, whatever those weird water, women, bone, spider things are, yeah. made a hell of a dent on me. So yeah, but massive Grim. thank you to everybody for sending in all their questions that would have been last week, but we always have a, a lovely response from everybody. It's brilliant. So this has been the Entitled Partner Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford. You can find us over on Twitter. I'm at p 89 Jules, what are you? I am over there at RetroJ with a zero. Be beautiful. We'll catch you all next week. We'll put another tweet out on Thursday and see what's going on in all your minds. We'll catch you then. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.